Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Hi, welcome to another beautiful day again. Today is July 23rd, 2014, and I am your host, Technisha. So welcome again to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. Now, how many of you are actually a fan of the series Wrong Turn? Because I watched everyone from one through five, and all of them were excited. I love horror movies, period. Give me a good horror movie, and I'm good to go. The Conjuring, Insidious, whatever movie that you could think of. We all remember those good movies when we grew up. Michael Myers, Jason, um, Freddy Krueger. But here with me, I have another horror well, uh, another horror actor. Remember, we had our first one from Insidious 2. Now we got one from The Wrong Turn 6. So let's welcome Sadie Katz. Um, and if you have any questions, you can do so. Call in at 347-426-3751. Sadie, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, I, I'm glad that you're on. It's exciting to have another horror uh, horror actor on my show again. I mean, I love these horror movies. They're great. Um, but Wrong Six, so how's that working out for you doing this movie, The Wrong Turn Six? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. And I'm also a super fan of horror films. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited because the fans of this are so pumped up for it. I think every day I get at least five or six emails and, um, and Twitters and Facebooks and Instagrams of them asking for the trailer or wanting more information. And I also am wondering, like, when's the trailer coming out and want to see how it goes. And, I'm, you know, I was scared just filming it. This one's a bloodbath. So if you like horror, this one's scary. It's bloody. Why? So how was the... Po- how was the audition process for getting into this movie? Um, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of, um, you know, Fox and UFO Productions really uh, really kept everything like a tight lid on it. They just said that it was a very successful horror franchise and that it was filming in Bulgaria, Sofia, Bulgaria. So it was very, um, it was just exciting about it. And then I, they didn't really... Um, you know, on these things, they don't give you the whole script. They just give you a couple of scenes. They call it, you know, your size. So um, I knew there was something special and unique about it right away. And, I, 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 you know, I, I knew it was kind of about cannibals. And I, I've got to be very careful what I say. So if I have some pauses, I just I don't want to give away too many spoilers or anything. Um, Why? <laughs> um, and I use that... 20th Century Fox kind of bought the franchise, and they really wanted to, um, they kind of wanted to reward the fans who had stuck in through the last five and really reimagine it and redo it and um, kind of inject new life into the series. So they they um, have a new director on it, and they had, um, you know, they had a new writer. So the casting process, they were really primarily casting 
just a few roles in America, and the other roles were being cast in the UK um, with uh, British trained actors that were just out of, um, you know, that were just coming out of theater school there. So uh, it was very tense. I mean, they read a ton, just a ton of people to the competition to get the part. Mm-hmm. It was really crazy. I mean, I read with so many beautiful blondes, and so you know, when you walk into an office and you just see like. Each girl is prettier and, you know, um, and, and just intense and wants to part just as much. You just go like, okay, how, what can I bring to the role? And I, I just, I had this weird feeling when I got the side that I just, I know I can do this part. I know I'm going to get it. I really want it. And I, um, I just felt an energy in the room that I, I knew the part was going to be mine, you know, and, and not not in a negative way, in just such a positive way. I just felt this energy, of, right. like this character was was so um, something I knew I could play and do justice to. And and when I found out it was wrong, turn six, I was like, ah, this is so great, because I was a fan of the series and um, I, I was just so appreciative to be cast. Right, and that's the attitude you're supposed to have. You never set yourself up mm-hmm. for failure. You probably go in with a positive attitude. You go in there and say, oh, I'm not going to get the part. Well, obviously you're not going to get it with that attitude. But right, people right. Really, people really just well, sometimes say, you feel it. Oh, go yeah, ahead, Katie. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry, I was just going to say sometimes, sorry. <laughs> sometimes you um, sometimes you want a part and, you know, you can want it, but it it just it doesn't click the same way and then um I think all the parts that I've been cast in uh sometimes you just feel it from your head to your toe. You just can't imagine anybody else playing that. And then um I know uh Jeff Beach and Scott Webster who was the casting director who was instrumental for me getting the part. Um we just all kind of looked at each other during the read and it was like, Yeah yeah, we all feel this too, right? It, you know, and and that's when you know it's like you just everyone gets that those goosebumps where you just go like, this is it, right? Like we're feeling right. it too. It's like a great first date, you know. And I mean, you have so much going for yourself. Not only are you an actress, but also a writer, and you're mostly known for House of Bad, which I have not seen, but I heard that it was like more of a a kick-ass type movie. I mean, you go down in that one. But I definitely cannot wait to see you in this one, Wrong, wrong Turn 6. And, I mean, for anybody who have not seen the movie, the series, it's really it's awesome. I mean, I can't really say it's better than any other horror movie because all horror movies are different in their own way. I love each horror movie I have right. seen in my life. But this one is about cannibals, and... I mean, you know, you get the you get the naive kind. They want to go track it through the woods, la 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 la. Want to go <laughs> in the neighborhood and stuff, and then all of a sudden, here come the cannibals. They're already watching them, and then bam, they get killed. So it's that type of thing. But it's it's very awesome. I even try to Google because I really would love to know who like play these cannibals because the mask and the artwork is just so awesome. When I look at, I'm like. Who is playing these guys? Just looking at the creation, their eyes all bug out, teeth all sharp looking. It's, it's awesome, though. It really is. Um, the so, special effects is amazing. I have to tell you something. 
the, the you know, the three baddies, they look like, when you see them up close, you cannot right. see what they really look like at all. No. And they stay in character the whole time. And they are so freaking scary. Even when you are face-to-face, nose-to-nose, they are terrifying. I mean, they are really I scary. I, I was just going to ask you, too, lady, are they, is it terrifying just being on the set with them? Even though you know that it's not real, but in my mind, I'll be like, well, i got to be on the set with this. Can we? No, they're can scary. We they're scary. <laughs> you well, go around them. If you see them like craft services, like you're like you stand like a couple feet away, and everyone speaks like Bulgarian because you're in Bulgaria, and so like you're not even sure if they speak English is bad to it. And I mean, I wouldn't even. I have a very funny story where I, I was acting with them and working with them, and um, like for, you know, a couple weeks, and one day I'm like, I see this very handsome guy, and, you know, I never saw them outside their makeup or anything, and from across where I'm sitting and I'm having a cigarette on the lawn, and from across I see someone standing outside the trailer, and there's this very handsome guy that I look over, and he doesn't have any makeup on, and I just see these piercing eyes, and I go, hey, who's that guy over there? And everybody, you know, there's like a bunch of crew. Everyone starts laughing and laughing. And I go, is that, is, and he starts running away from me. And I go, is that sawtooth? Tell me that's not sawtooth. And everyone's laughing and he won't let me see him. And he's just, I mean, hunk is an understatement. And he just runs. And I, I, catch, I go up to him and I look at him and I'm like, you are not sawtooth. And then he goes and runs in his trailer. And, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I couldn't believe it. It's, I, I shouldn't give away that secret. But uh, the special effects, is, they're just amazing. I, 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 can't, I can't believe what they do. And that's what makes the movie so good. It's like, you know, wow. I, I can, I, they're just amazing what they do. They're <laughs> the ripping body apart. Some part and the way they do it is just wow. It's got to be, it's got to be amazing. Yeah. They even said that's how the guy who played Jason, I forgot how many parts he played, um, because they, they only had one guy playing Jason so many times, but the, it was different Jasons. So I was looking at a documentary one time, it was so many different guys that played Jason, but um, a few of them was just like in character, and that takes a lot to just get in character for. That, that would be a psycho, psychological thing for me. Like, that would probably affect my mind that I'm playing this crazy part, killing people, and how to go home with that. And probably right. the mask. I wouldn't even want that in my house. Like, get out. <laughs> how, is it in, um, how is it in Bulgaria? Because I have a friend that's actually from there, and I never asked him. Oh, God. It's, you know what? It is the most beautiful country ever. It's it's such a, you know, it's such a, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I keep using this word and I, I hope it's not, I hope it's not offensive, but in some ways it's a broken country because, you know, it's kind of, there's parts of it falling apart and it's funny because a lot of the people in Bulgaria talk about coming to America and I keep saying to them, you're in this country with castles and the buildings are very old there, you know, from the 1800s. But 
very beautiful, you know, it's Eastern European and um, the, the women, let me tell you, you go, <laughs> I was staying at the Hotel Kempinski and um, UFO production, they just put you up and they treat you like, you know, you feel like you're a superstar, it's really wonderful and, you know, in my hotel room, I had this big picture window and we we're up on the top floor and you just see this beautiful beautiful country and then you go downstairs to the restaurant and there's you know there's several clubs and restaurants in, in the hotel and the women are like supermodels all the women are supermodels and um and then you go out and you go on a walk and it's just i mean picture being in like paris and new york and combining that and then being in a, a country where it was snowing and then you know, I'm from Orange County, so like to see, um, you know, I live in LA now, but to see the seasons change on, on the city and it goes from snow to spring. And I just, I mean, the, the city itself is just beautiful. And, and in between, like, the, the freeways are all these big blossoming trees with the snow falling off the trees. It's really, really magical. It's just a, I mean, if you get a chance to go ever, um, it's just a really magical place. And then you have all the cathedrals and, um, you know, their, their transit system is, if you can make it out, because it's all in Bulgarian, is really um, organized and beautiful and the food's lovely and the people are lovely and very sweet, very open people. And um, it's, it's very inexpensive once you're there to get around and the food's great. And I just, I had such a great time, and the cast had a great time. And I mean, we all, Aquila um, and I, uh, cried when we were flying back home. We just cried. We were like, we're going to miss Bulgaria so much. This is such a magical place. It really is really special. And, you know, they have these friendship bracelets that are red and white. And they're, you know, they're twined, and everybody wears them. Everybody, um, you know, in the whole country wears them. And they give them to each other, and you tie them on the tree the first time you see the first blossom. So you see those tied on trees everywhere. So when it's snowing, and the first time you see the first blossom come out for the spring, you tie them, and it's a sign of friendship. And it's, So it's just a really great country. I loved it. Oh, I bet it is. And it's, a, it's got to be a cultural shock. And, it, and it's amazing just to see other people, how they celebrate their culture. Because I work for Marriott Hotels and Resorts, and we had a convention where Jehovah Witness came to our property, and most of them were Japanese. So it was it was wonderful to see them in their kimonos and samurais. Um, um, I might be saying it, mispronouncing it wrong, but I know kimonos is um, pronounced correctly. But it was just wonderful just to see how they actually celebrate. And it's like, wow, made me start wondering, like, what am I really celebrating? Like, what is my culture all about? It's, it's wonderful. Right. And it takes, it's wonderful to get you out your own element. And one day, hopefully, I will have the blessing to actually go to Japan or Bulgaria just to get away, not just the state, but to an actual country. I hope I do get that opportunity to do that. But I'm glad that you're experiencing that, Sadie. So, Sadie, um, what what was the chemistry like, or what is it like amongst your co-stars? Amazing. Everyone got along. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's not always like this. I mean, I've been lucky in, in the films I've done. I've actually met some really wonderful people, but you don't always, you don't always, like, you don't always fall in love with everybody that you're working with. You know, sometimes sometimes everyone doesn't hang out together. And in this in this case, um, first of all, all the, all the boys in the cast are very, very handsome and charming and they're proper English gentlemen. And a, a lot of them, everybody, um, besides Roxanne, is a superstar in her own right in um, London. You know, she's a tabloid fixture and she's wonderful and funny and fiercely seriously funny. Um, they they had just finished up going to school. Um, Anthony Eilat is is the most charming. Um, he he's going to be such a big deal. Actually, he's coming here in in I think in September, and he's meeting with William Morris and you know the top five agencies. I see him, and I should I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but he is, and they're flying him out and everything. And um, uh, Rollo Skinner, I swear he is he is like a young George Clooney. He is just the most charming, sweet boy. And we, we all hung out after filming every night and had the best time and they were all excited because it was their first big film and they'd just been done studying and they really um you know, they had really just uh they just finished up studying and they really took their part very seriously. Nobody nobody said, Well, oh, this is just number six and Aquila is you know, we're we're two blondes and sometimes, you know, sometimes in LA there's there's girls that are competitive or they're and she had none of that. She is um Aquila Zoll has like a voice like an angel and a smile that lights up a room and the second we all met each other, it was just like we were jumping up and down going, we're in Sophia, Bulgaria, this is wonderful. And um, we just had this, it was like this magic of just meeting each other and getting to be in, you know, this foreign country and getting along with, you know, being with a crew that all spoke um, Bulgarian and, and some broken English and some of them spoke perfect English, but being in this, Bubble and um, Valeria was his first feature. Or no, I'm sorry, it was his first horror feature. He had done um, Coke Red, and he had this beautiful boyish energy about doing it. He's done like 50 or 60 music videos. He's very, very talented, and very um, his energy was contagious. And UFO just treated us like wonderfully and took us out, took the whole cast out for. Um, you know, these very fancy dinners. Um, Philip Roth just treated us very well. Um, and so we just all had this this energy that for, for the weeks that we were there never went away. And and um, it, there was just a magic that if you follow us on Facebook or social media, you can see that the, we have continued to every, like, Every week, somebody writes, "I miss Bulgaria," and which means you know that we miss mm-hmm. each other. And we we even miss you know we miss our makeup artists who we write little notes, even though they they write primarily in Bulgarian. We'll we'll like each other's comments, even though we can't read Bulgarian. And um, it, it was just there was a certain magic between us and experiencing something new, and it was just 
I, I can't I can't say enough good things about everybody and, and how hard they worked and how serious they took it and you know, really caring about about what we were doing and encouraging and supporting each other. You know, Anthony actually came out to visit Aquila and I um this summer and it was really fun and um and we were so excited to share Los Angeles with him and, and see him here and it was just really magical. Why? Right. And I'm so glad that you saying all that. It takes a lot to just come together. And when you're doing a movie, everybody should collaborate. It's all it's a whole team, and that's anywhere. I don't care if you're not doing a movie, if you're working a job. It's a it's teamwork. It takes effort to put all this together. No one man can do this by themselves or herself. Now, Sadie, what's your favorite? Seen in Wrong Turn Six. I mean, not trying to get a sneak peek, but it's probably one of your favorite scenes since we have not seen it at all. Uh, okay, well, there's one scene with Chris Jarvis who plays Jackson, and mm-hmm. myself, and Aquila, and um, Anthony, and Rolo is in there. I'm, I'm trying to think if I can give it away, but we're we're in the middle of this forest and it was snowing. <laughs> and let's see, how can I not give anything too much away? But the the famous truck is in in the scene, which everyone loves that that the rusty truck with the the three the three baddies. And there's a a little bit of a ritual going on. And we had all these amazing um, backgrounds that had. The special effects makeup did such a great job, and there's there's this ritual, and there's a dance, and the the props just were amazing. And um, Anthony is getting introduced to his family, and I just think this scene is is going to be a lot of fun for the fans. And um, and Chris Jarvis is, is a very very good actor, and he is is also very serious about his craft and what he does, um, as everybody else. And um, and it was snowing, and it's 3 in the morning, and it's cold, and, you know, we're all, we're all battling the elements. And, you know, there's a body being strung up in the tree and being sliced open, and <laughs> and there's, there's, you know, children, and there's, or, you know, there's... It, it, Let's just say when you see the scene, you just couldn't get any better than than this. So um, when you see it, you'll understand. But um, I think that was one of my favorite scenes just because it was just so, um, it was such a great fantasy. It was now a great fantasy scene. Um, it was also seeing the three baddies come out of the, the um, right. forest like that was actually quite terrifying. Um, and then seeing the truck, the truck kind of penetrates through, you know, the snow, and and, and it was just so um, sort of ominous, ominous. <laughs> it, uh, and then you know, watching this body be strung up, and you know, uh, very very scary, and there was. I think there is blood being passed around and drank, and it's very scary. I think I think that's that's a great scene, and I think there were some boobs being shown, and 
I think that was your awesome for everybody. Yeah. This, you know, this this one's sexier than I think any of um, any of the other wrong turns as far as Valeri did these very sensual music videos. So, so his background also, and you know, his home brand was very sexy, I believe too. So, um, and he did another one that I didn't get to see, but so I think this wrong turn has a lot of, um, you know, sort of a different type of of sort very sensual. So this scene had a lot of like almost quirkiness, some some sensuality, some sexuality, and also uh, some fear all mixed in all at once and just anticipation of something different. So um, uh, from from the scenes I saw, there's also a scene on it that I was that I wasn't involved in, but I, I saw the aftermath of a girl on oh, a bike that that I've never seen a death scene like that before, and I, I just don't think it's, it's, uh, oh, man. It's, well, we it's know, something I, to do with a glider and a bicycle that will make you not want to ride a bicycle ever through the mountains ever, <laughs> ever, ever again. <laughs> ever. See, I can't wait to see it. I know. I'm so anxious, and I'm glad that I found out. I didn't even know it was a six coming out. And you know what, say, I didn't even... Really, I don't even know how I got hooked to them. I think one day I turned, I think they came on Sci-Fi Channel one day, and I just happened right. to start watching them, and I was like, oh, okay, they're doing pretty good. And all of a sudden I set my DVR to, to them because I was like, oh, I'm missing a couple of them. I was like, I, cause I think I said it was wrong turn three, and then I made the four and five. I was like, wait a minute, I haven't seen one or two, so it's when they came on, I set my DVR to them because I knew I was gonna miss them. But um, they are very—they're awesome to me. I mean, they're good. It's just like watching when we watch Chucky and all that—that that, type of movie it is. It fits right on into that category. Um, well, you know, yeah, I wrote—I wrote with—I um, wrote scoring with the Leopardon creator, and people, I, you know, people. Once you watch one in a series, and you. And two, and then you know there's more. It's like you have a duty. You're once you're hooked on a series, you have a duty to go through the whole series. And I think that's part of the lure of Wrong Turn. You go, well, geez, I'm at three. I gotta watch four. Okay, well, I gotta watch five. Well, you know, now I gotta go and watch the whole thing again and compare them. Because then you gotta figure out which one's your favorite, and you know, right? You're you're hooked. You're hooked. <laughs> You're in it. Right. It's just like Twilight. I know yeah. I missed one episode, so I'm trying to figure out which episode I missed. Because then you throw it off, you're like, darn it, I missed the episode. You do get hooked. You get hooked. I'm with Twilight. I, I like Twilight. And, you know, sometimes you like, you know, it becomes like a popcorn movie. I mean, when I got cast, I went through and watched all the wrong turns. And, you know, you have an opinion of which one's your favorite and why it's your favorite. And, you say, well, maybe they dropped the ball in this month for this particular thing, but that one death was, like, so gnarly. Like, how would they even think of that? You know, and you just, it's fun to, it's fun to be able to have an opinion, and then you go online and you find, you know, other fans who have an opinion of what their favorite is, and you kind of, you almost get a little bit like, how could that be their favorite one? That's ridiculous. How could that be their favorite one? You know, you get a little... You get a little fanny on it, and it's fine. I mean, I I got that way. Um, 
with the twilight. So my son would come in and go, you're crying. You're crying over twilight. I'd just be like, get out of the room. Like, leave me to peace, okay? It's raining. I'm watching. I'm binge-watching twilight, okay? <laughs> this is what I'm doing today. Yeah. Right. And we get, I think it's called vision. Vision, it turns out, is how our brains want to watch television, and we get so addicted to these shows. But I'm probably the only one who I have not found the wrong term fan with me. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Maybe just my husband because we're the only ones who actually have seen it in my household, but I don't hear my friends going about, oh, wrong term. But if they did, they'll love it probably because it will get you definitely, it will definitely get you hooked. Now, it's a new director doing this now, Valerie um, Miller, if, if I'm saying it correctly. Yeah. Um, so, so why the other director say that if you don't mind asking, then continue on doing it? Because I mean, he he did one through five. They just wanted a different change because 20th Century Fox had bought the franchise and they just decided to go in a different direction. And um, you know, he was busy doing a different. You know, uh, I think he was he was busy filming something else. You know, they don't, they don't let us they don't let us actors know these things. <laughs> They just, you just show up. Um, uh, but he, he's busy doing something. He's actually my friend on Facebook. And um, and so they, you know, they just want something else. And Frank Woodworth is, was a new writer on this. So they were trying something new, and it will be fun to see the fans' uh, feedback. But, you know, um, Valeri, um, uh, he, he, he's very serious that it, it was, um, you know, a gift to have something that, that people, you know, look at different. And, and they wanted to try kind of something new in a different direction okay. and and give it a, a different take on, on the series. And, um, you know, our DP is is just the camera work on this is, is really, really good. Mm. And so it's, you know, it will just give it a, a different twist to give it a, a little boost of something else and we'll see what the fans have to say about it and, and well, um, we should wait. we're going to wait yeah well, well it's coming out in it's coming out in um, the UK in August it's having its premiere at um, the Fright Fest I think it's the Fright okay, Fest okay then we'll August. wait for it on and then October and then it the comes DVD. out in October on Halloween okay. I believe and oh, good. so uh, yeah, it should be exciting. I mean, it, it will be exciting to find out. You know, we'll get buzz, we'll, we'll get some buzz in um, August to see what they start to say, and then in October will be will be you know the bigger release, and it will come out in all platforms, I believe, in in October. It'll be pretty fun. I'm, I'll be excited to see what they say uh, in August. You know, ultimately it's funny now when movies come out because. You know, reviewers have a, a big say on it, but then, you know, the fans really dictate, you know, what, yay or nay, because they can they can put their reviews online and, and you know, they hold their reviews on Netflix seem to hold up just as much as the reviewers, which is interesting. You know, we live in such a weird day and age, you know. It's, it's, the Internet makes movies belong to everybody, which is cool, you know. 
you definitely get my review right here once I see it. I know it's going to be awesome. They have not made a mistake with those series yet. Um, now, as far as to go with you, Sadie, you also have done other films like Hidden Treasures and Seven Lives Exposed. How did you come about doing those? <laughs> well, you know, uh, oh, you're funny. Um, well, you know, it's it's weird when you live in Los Angeles. It's like you you just want to act, you know, and it's, right. you you'd be surprised. It's really it's so you know it's really hard to book work because the competition is really crazy. And Robert Lombard's uh, manager of mine, but before I met him, you know, the Cinemax movies are. You know, you do nudity, and but you do nudity in, in all these films. And so, and they pay well. And they air on HBO and Cinemax, and it gives you a chance to get, um, you know, and you, you you wear a, we call them a, a snatch patch. <laughs> you wear a patch over your, um, uh, where your bathing suit covers, and so you show your breast. And, um, but you have a lot of dialogue, like in Hidden Treasures, you know, it's, it's a script, and you have let's say, you know, the script with like 60 pages and then you have two or three love scenes. And the love scenes, you know, you shoot them once. You shoot, so you actually shoot the love scene in like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And so I didn't really think that I would uh, get cast, but, but I, you know, I got an audition like any other audition and they said, you know, it's a softcore late night Cinemax movie. And I said, well, okay, Know, it's paying incredibly well. I'll, I'll go and audition. So I went and I went on the audition and they cast me and it was done at this big beautiful mansion and and I I, I did it and, it and it was like any other film. It was a great crew and a great um you know, I, I had a fun time doing it. I worked with really professional actors and um some of one of the actors had done um had done porn when she was younger and was crossing over to get out of it and do softcore and and um I really didn't I really didn't judge it for anything other than I was doing another kind of film. And the script I played a botanist. So I spoke a lot about plants and we were and it was a murder mystery who done it. And um a very sweet, nice film and the and the fan base for the film are very sweet and respectful because they're not people who like, or at least that I know of, they, they tend to not be people who really like watching um, porn. They like to watch, you know, erotica. And so I really had a good time doing it. It was like a normal film with a love scene. And uh, I didn't think anything of it. And when I auditioned for uh, Seven Lives Exposed, they were doing a, a series on Playboy that, uh, I played a Leland, oh gosh, I'm going to mess up his last name, Leland, what is he going to you right now? I'm embarrassed, I'm sorry, Leland. Um, but he was directing this, this very well-written series um, that wasn't like the first series of Seven Lives Exposed, it was a reality show. This was a series about a college, um, well, it was a, a series about basically like a Melrose place, and I played a, a college teacher who was a pot smoker, kind of hippie, and I loved the script, and I, I um, was really excited to do it, and I think I had only one love scene in it, and, um, you know, the love scenes actually, 
you filmed them much shorter than like the web scenes I did in long term, which were, you know, where where you have to do them, you know, much longer because they do it from, you know, they have a bigger budget, and um, you know, I I didn't really. It's funny when I talked to my family about it. They said, "Well, are you doing porn?" I said, "No, it's not porn. It's like any other film." I said, "You know, you." I go, the emphasis is a little bit more on the sex scenes, but it's that you actually shoot the sex scenes much shorter and briefer um, because there's more of them and they have to move fast. But, uh, you know, it's like David Duchovny did Red Shoe Diary. Is that every actor, when you go through, I think, even Eva Longoria, maybe I should say that, but, you know, did well, I said everyone does the late night cinematic movie. I mean, I don't know if I would want to do a ton of them, I don't think I think I'm not doing it them anymore. Not because I didn't enjoy um, doing them because work is work, but mostly because I got busy doing other films. But you know, I love the cast. I I I really love the crew. Actually, these are these are the crew is like on hiatus from doing TV shows, and you know they're picking up these films in the meantime. Everyone's got to work, so uh, you know. It was it was something I did. I don't have any regrets. It was a lot of fun. And um, one of the actors I worked with, I won't say who, uh, I bumped into on another set doing another film, and we began to laugh. He said, "Do we say that we already worked together before, <laughs> and now we're the lead on this like legit film? Do we say that we have already um, we've already worked together because they were concerned whether or not we'd be comfortable in a love scene?" And we're like. Yeah, we've already been on those things together. But I think it's just, you know, in Los Angeles, you're you're just, you're working one film to another, to another film to another film, and you're just hoping to keep working. It's, it's tough because there's just a lot of competition. You know, you uh, when I first came to L.A., uh, you would submit for, like, a student film at UCLA, and they would, you would ask them, hey, how many headshots did you get for this part? And they would go, like, 500. You have 500 submissions for the blonde girl. So, I mean, you imagine that's for a student film. So just to get your, your foot in the door for these jobs is really, really difficult. Wow. So when you get on these exactly. big, when you get on these big jobs, they're just getting, I mean, they're getting so many submissions. So you're just so grateful. You're not really, you know, in the beginning, you're not really thinking of it. Yeah. It's really tough when you go to L.A. It's a really tough um, world out there. It's like a whole separate world to other people, and you really have to bring your A game, and if you're really kind of like not a recognized face, then it's definitely harder yeah. for you to get into the business. I could probably, I can't really imagine, but I can think about it like, wow, that's, wow. So, um, yeah, how was it? and people say um, weird things, like, about it, like, oh, do you want to, you know, they'll say, like, really things like, you know, uh, about turning down scripts in the beginning, you know, getting to pick your scripts, but in the beginning, you don't really, you don't get to so much pick your part. Now, a little bit, you know, at this stage of the game, you know, I'll ask people to send scripts sometimes, you know, you get to, you'd be a little more choosy, the, once you start doing bigger stuff, you start to say, no, I'm going to pass on this. Or, but, you know, you're you're very grateful just for the opportunity. But you get to be a little choosier as the years go by. Um, but, you know, in the beginning, you're, you're just grateful to work. You want to get on film and you want to get the experience of being on set. 
you know, you can only stay in class for so long. you got to work, you know. So when you started out, say, to get into acting, did you have to get another job probably to, like, make ants meet? Oh, sure. I mean, of course, yeah, everyone does, yeah. I mean, you and you have to keep the job even when you get your first acting gig because, you know, a lot of these films are, are you get a job and you work your ass off, but they're... Um, you know, they're, they're sag ultra low budget. You know, the, the dirty secret that people don't realize is that, you know, even when you book a job, uh, even if you're making five $600 a day or $1,000 a day, let's say you're working, you know, for two weeks, you know, you may not book another film for a while. Um, so when that film's done, the money goes quick, and you put a lot of your money back into you know, you put a lot of your money back into your career. You you pay for class, you pay for headshots, you're doing your hair, you're paying for, you know, um, the dresses, your clothes, your makeup, for the red carpet. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize you're you're writing your own business. So when you're an actor, you, you know, you pay for your own business, so you're your own small business. So you're also paying for your manager, your agent, which all that money goes back into paying them for representing you. So um, I, I, a lot of times when people ask me for advice of coming to L.A., I, I say to them, realize that you're opening up a small business. You have to buy your headshots. You have to buy your business cards. You have to work on your website. And people have a lot of advice like, hey, you got to, you know, like, I, I need to redo my website. You need to redo your reel. You're, there's always something you need to do, and it's, it's tough. you gotta spend, you got to spend money to, to make money to further your career. And there's, there's, I'm, I'm behind on, I'm always behind on so many more things I could do for um, my career that would help me. But, you know, these, these bigger actors that, you know, like let's say Mila Kunis, he's got a team of, you know, 50 people behind are doing it. So when you're um when you're a beginning actor starting out or, you know, even when you're doing these films, you you have people like Clinton at October Coast is amazing and, you know, he's working, he's my publicist who booked this in, who booked me with you. He's working and doing you know, booking me on all kinds of appearances and you need people like that and, you know, you pay them and it's it's you're you're starting to employ people, and it's a it's a machine. And the more successful you get, the more you employ other people. But they have to get paid, and you're paying them off of what you make. It's a business, and you have to know what what you're doing. It doesn't just it it doesn't just happen when you book a film. Everybody's working around it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is, and I you know I had another. Yes, song who was talking about that. Her name is Cynthia White, and she has a book called Your Castable Type. And most mm-hmm. people think I'm going to get into acting because I'm pretty or I look good, I look this certain way. You might look like you're 20, but at the same time, when you open your mouth, you might sound like you're 40. So you have to know your castable type. You have to know if you're made for this film, and it's not so easy just to jump out there. Nobody. And then you have to be ready. You've got to know and be determined to get this part. But a lot of people just, they take it for a joke. They take it like they do, like she said, they take it like they do diet sometimes. 
just playing right. dog ball. I'm going to do it this way, and then this minute I'm going to just go this way, and it, do, and it doesn't work like that when you're getting out to acting field. But, Sadie, what would you, what advice do you have for the listeners who are interested in jobs in this industry? Um, well, I, I think you have to really, really love it. Like, and you have to, yeah, I think you're right what you just said. Like, when I first, when I first came to L.A., I was studying at, um, I, well, my mentor was Mark Majerian, who I really studied acting with in East County, and then I, I came to Los Angeles and I was studying at the Victory Theater in Burbank with um, Maria Gobetti and Tom Ormany. And what was funny is I had this idea that I was going to be an engineer. You know, I had blonde hair, blue eyes. And, but I have this husky voice. You know, I have a very unique voice. And I kind of had to abandon the idea that I was just going to play, like, good, sweet girl roles and realize that if I was going to get cast, I had to be willing to, like, put myself out there. I also wasn't really that comfortable with doing nudity um, I had to, like, abandon that idea and realize if I wanted to work, that I had to be okay and be fully comfortable with it. Um, yeah, I think you you have to, actors kind of come out with the idea that that they're going to give themselves a year and um, that they're going to win an Oscar. Like they, that, that's like they're, you hear that every single time. Like, they just know they're going to win an Oscar and... You know, if it doesn't work in a year or, like, two years. And really, um, it's it's been said, like, to be very successful, it takes 10 years. And I think that's a more realistic thing is to say, if you want to be an actor, forget about the Oscar, forget about that. And to really give yourself to say, this is what I'm going to do, and forget about getting rich and really decide that this is your you're going to be an artist and you're also going to run a business and to decide what your niche could be and, you know, um, maybe decide how you can live and make make a livable income and and forget about the other stuff and stay focused on, on your goal and kind of follow your own career. So when an opportunity comes up and you go, hey, you know what, I sci-fi niche is actually what I'm being cast in. You know, for a while I only sort of played broken like nipples and palm trees. I think for a while I was only being cast as like crack addicts or broken prostitutes or, you know, and so you kind of have to follow, you know, I have a friend who literally was being cast as just doctors. So instead of resisting that, then just play doctors for a while and then wait till that so that term, you know, you could be 22 and you just get cast as mom. And so, you know, um, it's funny. I have a 13-year-old and I I don't really get cast as mom very often ever. You know, you, you sometimes you just, you play party girls for a while and that's what you do. And it's better to say that's what I'm going to, to get cast as and that's what people see me as and, and not resist that and maybe your headshots along that that realm and stay in that and be happy. Be happy that you're being cast in whatever people see you as and, and play to that. And then and then the universe will kind of turn you in the next direction when you least expect it. You go, okay, now I get to play bad girls or, 
you know, now all of a sudden I'm being seen as this and they and that and, um, you know, realize that you don't, you don't have to be a superstar. You can be a superstar in your niche. And, and that's, and that's a gift too, because, um, you know, do you want to be a big fish in a little pond or, you know, you know, that, that whole metaphor is, is a good thing to know. Um, that's my advice. You know, make it, make it your own. Forget about competing with Cameron Diaz. You know, she has, she has a thousand people helping her to be Cameron Diaz and, and she's been, she's been, you know, forget about going to William Morris and all that. I mean, that stuff starts when you're, when you're 16, you know, the, they've been banking on, on these actors when, when they were very, very young. So, so, so think you're going to show up and stand in front of William Morris and they're going to say, ah, we got you. Here you go. Right. Here you go. We're going to make you a star. Um, you can self-submit. There's, there's all kinds of ways actors access now casting, LA casting, um, backstage show, rest, uh, all these things are, are great portals to, to represent yourself, but it's going to take a really long time. So you have to decide if it's just because everyone's told you you were beautiful. Um, you don't have to be the prettiest girl in the room. You have to be the girl who, who's willing to stay the longest and work the hardest and be very, very nice every day because everyone's watching you. You know, the grip is going to be the director one day. You just don't know. Right, and I'm glad you just put it out there on the table, letting people know it's not a lollipop type world. This is not a world for you to go in, think you're just going to make it in there easily and come out and you're going to be rich or you're going to be on top of the world. It takes work to get to that standard point where you can actually be recognized. This is not easy because sometimes you do. You might have to start off an independent film that a lot of people don't even recognize. I'm just one of the kind who happened to turn to Sundance channels and catch movies. I'm like, oh, I didn't know so-and-so and so off in this. Half the time you don't even know they're being moving to you. So you go scan through your television or you Google it and you, oh, well, that's where they got their start from. So it, it's it's not like you're born with a silver spoon and, oh, they out there acting. No, these people had to work. Denzel Washington, Angela Bassett, even Sadie Cat. All these guys had to work to get to the point that they are, and they're still working. So yeah, well, look at at, you know David Schwimmer after Friends. I mean, couldn't be he literally could not be cast after Friends, and he went on. um, You know, he he couldn't be cast, so he decided to direct. So you know. it happens so a lot. You know, they talk about child stars who were just the biggest deal, and then when their show was off the air, they can do it. So you have to decide to, you know, maybe do something else. I mean, um, when I wrote Scorned with Mark Jones, that was supposed to be my showcase piece, you know, I thought, or, you know, when we wrote it, and then um, I wasn't able to do it, and Anna McCord did it, and you know, some people might have quit and said, well, that was it. Instead, I was like, well, I can. I'm just going to keep auditioning. And and then, you know, within, it, then, you know, Nipples and Palm Trees came out and I was the lead in that. So that was exciting. So you just kind of 
keep going. And I mean, there was times where I was like, I was like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. I can't believe I'm still doing this. Why am I still doing this? And you just keep going and going. And it's like, you don't know if you're a year away from getting a a film that's a big deal or, you know, you don't know if you're going to get cut out from the, the film that you thought was a big deal. And you just, after a while you go, well, this is just, who I am, this is what I do. And I'm just trying to quit in. And, and that's what Blake McIver told me when I interviewed him, the guy who played his water from the Little Rascals. He told me that at 18 he just couldn't find any more work, so he got into go-go dancing because that helped brought out his sexuality. But it's very hard out there, and I can imagine what you probably actually have to go through. It's the same way with any job that you're trying to succeed in. It's not it's competition, and it's, and it's not cookies and cake. But um, Katie, um, Sadie, I'm sorry, how about to say Sadie? Um, but Sadie, um, what other films do you have in the works? Because I think it's one called um, Means of Violence that you also Meaning have of Violence. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for that to be released. Um, uh, Gregory Rhodes is the director on that. And um, I, that's been, you know, it's funny, the life of these films, They sometimes you do a film and, and it, they take a long time to get released or distributed, and and this film's a, it's actually a very good indie action, violent um, kind of a, a gangster film. Um, and I believe it got distribution. I'm waiting for it to get released. I just started. Um, Chavez Cage of Glory is being released, and and I'm the lead in that with Danny Trejo and. Hector Echeverria um, and Stephen Bauer from Ray Donovan, and that's going to be released in South America, I think, in September. Um, it was released in 400 theaters here, but it's very much a, you know, it's it's, it's more geared towards Latino audiences, and that's a, like a, a a Mexican Rocky, and um, so that's once that gets released, then it will get released here. So, and that was done last summer. We get released for VOD and everything, and that that's going to be a fun release. Um, I play a very very sweet wife of a cage fighter, and um, that's a fun movie. And uh, yesterday, or not yesterday, the day before, I just started doing another movie with Danny Trejo and um, Robert Miano and Patrick Kilpatrick called No Way Out, and that's okay. again for Latino audiences. And I play an assassin at night. Um, it's a smaller part, but it's, it's got a fun little twist, and I'm enjoying that. Um, okay. I'm doing another film called State of Desolation, um, directed by Jim Towns, who did House of Bad. And Jamie Bernadette is the lead in that, and she is she is very, very good. She's from X-Men at Cutter Creek and Thunder Man 2, and she is beautiful, and she's also a super, super hard worker and just an She's an amazing woman. I just love her and great actress and very just amazing. And um, that's a zombie apocalypse, like post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic film. Um, that's coming out. I'm working on a documentary as well, and I'm directing. It's really fun called The Bill Murray Experience, and I'm excited about that. And um, then we'll see what happens. Right. I do and hope I every, everyone follows me on Twitter and all that. Um, I hope that you that this will this broadcast be available on those platforms. Yes. To get re- broadcast, it works that way. It should. 
this sure will. This is broadcasted. It will be live. Um, and people who didn't get a chance to probably hear it or you just came in at the end, this will uh, this will be archived on Blog Talk Radio. Um, the website is, is to get their quicker bright side with tk.com. It will be on Facebook. As Sadie said, I will also post it back on Twitter, too. Um, so okay. please, yeah, like Sadie said, this is coming out. Please check out all my all my wrong current fans. Please check this out when it drops in October on Halloween. It's coming out. Sadie is doing big things, and we I wish you so much in your future endeavors, Sadie. I'm I'm glad that you're you're doing good in your career. You know, you're making a start for yourself. You're coming out, and I'm glad for that for you. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and I'll I'll look for this on on my Twitter. So please tag it on my Twitter. I'll make sure I retag it, tag it, and put it on my Facebook and everything. So I'll look for it up on my Twitter today. Okay, and I'll, I'll sure say hi to all my Facebook and Twitter fans and all that too. And hopefully I'll, I'll have some more. <laughs> right, and I'll make sure I do that, Sadie. I will post it up as soon as soon as it's over. I will do that for you because I'm following you on Twitter too. Oh, good. I'll follow you. Isn't, isn't the Internet oh. such a fun place? I love it. It is. And, look, we all had such a good conversation because I usually take a break, and Sadie and I went all the way through. Look, we all had a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my tea with you. Good morning. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this interview, and you have a blessed one. You too. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You're welcome. Okay. Well, bye-bye. Well, everyone, I thank you for tuning in today. Today has been a wonderful, awesome day. Please make sure you go and check that wrong turn six when it drops October on Halloween. Please do. And if you haven't catched the other series, you can always um, do that on demand. There, It's out on TV. It's an awesome series. You'll love it. I have. So I will see you tomorrow at noon. God bless you, and you stay prosperous. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.